22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you what Tom Brady just did. Gives me goosebumps. Wide again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive score! The Bruins knock out the three! Welcome back, everybody, to Boston Sports Extra Podcast, Episode 5. We are recording this today with Justin and Kyle. And a little bit later on, we're going to have a little live input from Cage out at Patriots training camp today. What's going on, boys? How are you? What's up, everybody? What's going on, everybody? So we're going to get started today. We got a little bit of, we're going to go over some, a little bit of Red Sox. Not much going on with the Bruins. Not much going on with the Revs right now. One little small thing about the Celtics. And then uh, we're going to have some Patriots talk right about the same time our, our guest comes on. So, uh, Justin, I'm going to let you lead off uh, with about some Red Sox talk? Yeah, so um, just getting into some Red Sox here. Um, we just completed the two-game series with the Phillies. Um, overall, we broke even one and one. We uh, eventually won the game against against uh, Aaron Nola. Um, we unfortunately lost the game against Jake Arrieta. Uh, Jake Arrieta is a pitcher who we've proven that we can beat in the past, I think, in – believe in the last six starts before yesterday. He had a 5.0 ERA against us. Um, so, you know, yesterday was a very winnable game, I think, in my mind. But, you know, it is what it is. Mookie Betts didn't start. Uh, Alex Cora put him on on rest. And, you know, when there's nothing to freak out there about, honestly. When, when Alex Cora decides who goes on rest, he does it in advance. He'll say this move was probably made a, a, a few days ago, and he'll say, "Listen, I want you healthy for the Yankee series. I'm gonna give you these these two days off, um, and then I'm, you know you're probably gonna be playing uh, every four, every, you know, for all four games against the Yankees, um, which is very important in my mind. Um, they really yesterday wasn't uh, you know a must win game, honestly, in 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 the division right now. Um, you want your best hitter, your best player." in the lineup against the team that you absolutely need to beat. So, um, you know, it's, it's very, it's very important that, um, that he's, he's playing all four games. Now um, I just want to get into uh, Chris Sale. Uh, Chris Sale was put on the DL um, and he, he basically just said that there's, there's a little, there's this general soreness in his shoulder I mean, there's really there's really nothing to freak out about here. They're doing this as a precautionary move. They said there's a they found a little bit of inflammation, and I mean, you know, this honestly, that's that's what it is. It's just a precautionary move. It's really nothing to freak out about. Everybody, calm down. Everything, everything's everything's gonna be everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry. Okay, uh, Chris Sale's last nine starts, he is six and one with a .75 ERA, 97 strikeouts, and 60 innings pitched. Obviously, it's not bothering him 
<laughs> at all. Um, so, uh, Porchy, what do you what do you what do you take from the Philly? Going back to the Philly series, what do you, what, what do you take from the Philly series? Anything anything uh, noteworthy there? Um, I feel like the bats were just quiet. It wasn't yeah. phenomenal pitching that we faced against. It was just the bats were quiet. And that's expected from a team that has 70-plus wins going on in the season. It's historic. But at the same time, you need guys to be rested for important series like the Yankees series. You need guys rested for the playoffs and to limit injuries. But I also like to note Swihart. He had a pretty good series against the Phillies, had that walk off in the 13th, and he showed how versatile he can be playing third, doing a little catching every once in a while, stuff like that. Him yeah, yeah, that that that's all very important to note about because he's kind of been played downward throughout the season, and I feel having guys like him, Nunez, Holt, just very versatile players, just makes us that more dangerous coming October. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, Aaron Nola is really, 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 really good. Um, he is one of the one of the best pitchers in the NL right now. He's given Jacob Degrom a, a run for his money. Uh, in my mind, he's you know having just as good of a season as Max Scherzer. Um, so the fact that they won that game against him, even though he didn't get the the decision, is 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 extremely important. Um, Jake Arrieta has found new life uh, in Philadelphia. Um, like I said, I think that was a very winnable game, but it is what it is. Um, so. I'm. I have a hot take, guys. Okay, go Chris. Chris Sale going on the DL, not getting injured, going on the DL. Okay, is the best thing to happen to the Red Sox. Okay, hear me out. All right, and I'm. I was talking about this on Twitter yesterday. I know a lot of people had their opinions, but you know, I want to see how this team performs with without constantly relying on Chris Sale. Now, I know Chris Sale doesn't pitch every game. Makes sense. Okay. But, you know, I, when we go, when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, Chris Sale, I, I always think about how well he always does against the Yankees. Um, he's one of the best pitchers ever in history against the Yankees. Uh, that's, that's, that's very well proven. Um, and I want to see how this team performs without without Chris Sale. I want to see, you know, what if what if in a crazy world that this injury is a little bit more than what we expected and Chris Sale can't make the playoffs. This team is still going to make the playoffs regardless. I mean, you know, that is I mean, I mean, you know, it might be the wild card if Chris Sale gets hurt, but it's still technically the playoffs, I guess. So, I mean, you want to see what this team can do against the Yankees. So, I mean, just looking at just looking at the the pitching the starting proje- uh, projections, you have uh CC Sabathia versus uh Brian Johnson the first day. It's a four-game series by the way. Uh and then you have Severino against Porcello on Friday, Jay Happ against uh Eovaldi on Saturday, the new boys on each team. Sunday, we have Tanaka versus Price. Guys, what is Price going to do on Sunday? Hopefully, hopefully he can get at least 7 innings of good baseball. Get the strikeouts going early because that's up to his advantage with the cutter, especially without Aaron Judge and potentially without Sanchez. Yeah, that's huge. And I feel if he can capitalize on the missing power of that lineup, he could probably cruise to a good win as long as he goes at least seven innings in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Anthony, you got got any input? Yeah. Are we actually talking about Price going to be pitching against the Yankees? 
We are not in the Bronx. If that if that makes a difference, I think it makes a, a slight difference. Um, so you know, take it for what it is. Like I said uh, in the first episode here, I, I I still I still expect Price to go on a little bit of a run. I think I think he's going to do good things still. You know, and honestly, if he has if he has all we need from Price on Sunday is a quality start, and I think the bullpen can take care of the rest. Well, I know we talked about the bullpen on the last episode, so <clears throat> I just wanted to bring up real quickly one of the per- one of the players that we talked about was Thornborg, and you know how big of a um, impact he's going to have in the second half. Last fourteen batters, he's only given up one hit and relief. He's changed his mechanics, um, and so it seems to be paying off. Yeah. Uh, so let's see if that continues. One of the yeah. other guys that I know we brought up was Hembry. Uh, just some quick stats. The last 26 uh, runners that he's inherited, he's only given up three of those. So these are some, some you know, great things that are coming out of the bullpen. And we still have, uh, you know, some players coming back. So yeah. it could be potentially that we have so much, so much good pitching around, which we didn't think that was going to happen. With when when you know uh, injuries started happening, yeah, no, and and uh, Heath Henry for the season uh, with runners in scoring position has a two uh, two twelve average against, which is a which is really good. Uh, Brian Johnson uh, runners in scoring position this season, you know bullpen starting whatever it doesn't matter uh, two fifty average against. Um, so they they get it done when they need to get it done. Um, and I think, uh, you know, going back to Thornburg, I think he is really, he's starting to turn into that guy. He's starting to blossom into, into a nice, beautiful little butterfly that we always thought that he was going to be when we gave up Travis Shaw, which by the way, uh, crazy thoughts on Travis Shaw. Everyone said he was going to be playing second base and that didn't last long when they traded for scope. So I, I really hope they get some playing time for my boy Shaw out there. But yeah, no, I mean the the bullpen. I mean it's the sixth best bullpen in baseball uh, ERA wise, um, and I mean you know I think they can really do some some damage against the Yankees. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be a very exciting four game series, I think. Well, Dave Dombrowski had some you know things to say about Thornborg yesterday that you know it's going on almost two years now since they got him that nobody's. You know, he hasn't really pitched. Nobody's seen him. But now he's starting to show the reason why the Red Sox went out and got yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's getting he's getting a little bit of a, a, a late a late start on the season. Uh, you know, I mean, everyone's everyone's been, been pitching a bunch of innings and he's you know, he's he's not caught up yet. But he'll get there. He he didn't have a spring training. Uh, I mean, he I know he, he he had a little bit of extended spring training or what have you. Um, but uh, you know, he's, he's getting there guys. Uh, trust the process. I think, um, for the Red Sox to not give up any more prospects than they did this, this, this trade deadline, um, is phenomenal. They only gave up, um, two out of their top 20 prospects, which is amazing. So if anybody goes to tell you that, uh, yeah, Dave Dombrowski's ripping up the farm system. That's that's false. Okay, we 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 only gave up, like I said, two two out of two out of the top twenty. Um, none out of the top ten, um, which is which is which is very good. So um, that's something that you want to look out for. Um, so um, 
like I said, Thornburg is going to turn into that guy, I think, eventually for the eighth inning. Um, I think Joe Kelly can turn it around. It's up to him. Um, and, um, you know, I want to I want to see this bullpen do great things. I think everybody does. And I'm, I'm very excited. And you should be, too. I'm a really I'm really depressed that the Yankees got rid of um, they traded uh, Joe Tyler Kelly. Austin. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, listen, you know, I, I don't, where did, where did he go? I forgot. The Mariners? Uh, did he twins, go for the, I think the Twins. Yeah, well, all right. Well, I mean, they'll see each other again, I guess. If he has a problem with Joe Kelly, he can bring it up, you know, again. But, you know, we'll see. You know, it, it's it's weird because I don't, I honestly don't think that they're going to get, these two teams are going to get into, like, any fights like that again. These games are too important to miss any 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 playing time for any of these players. I mean, you know, you 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 have you have a, a picture of Aaron Judge. He's um he's you know, it looks like to what it's, you know, he he might he might be putting someone in a headlock or something. That that could lead to a game suspension. You don't want that. You know what I mean? So, um I, I think these games are way too important for these two teams to be fooling around. Um so I don't expect to see any of that for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to bring up one quick stat on Chris Sale. Last five starts, 5-0, 0.27 ERA, 57 strikeouts with four walks. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Randy, John- that's Randy Johnson numbers. It is. But we're going to talk, talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on real quick because um, Cage is going to join is joining us from Patriots training camp today. And so we want to get a little bit of insight on what's going on out there. Cage, are you there? Hello. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Hey, Cage. Yeah, we can what's hear up, you man? Fine. Hey, good. How are you guys doing today? Awesome, man. We're good. We're good. What's going on Great. out there? Nothing much. So, uh, been kind of a lighter practice so far. Some of the big things I've been noticing has been um, Eric Rowe's been taking a lot of the second team cornerback reps with their second round pick, um, taking a lot of the nickel cornerback in practices so far. Uh, I was also writing down that I think another big thing, or to me the biggest thing I've noticed so far is how much first team reps Corderell Patterson's gotten so far, at least today especially for someone who I pegged as the signing to be mainly just a specialist or returner. He's been really on the offensive lot. I don't know what you guys think about that. Or Is he playing inside or outside? Because there's outside. Been some... Very nice. Maybe they're looking to see what he can do as far as stretching the field. Yeah, I, I mean, him and Philip Dorsett have really been playing well for first-team reps for two people, like I said, who I really didn't think that they were going to play as well or even been on the first-team offense as I thought as much. Um, but they've definitely been performing well today. Well, I think Philip Dorsett, obviously last year he didn't, you know, get that many reps or whatever, but with this, with the Patriots playbook, you can't come in the first year and really pick it up. So I think, you know, everything that he learned last year, what he's learned in the off season, I think this mm-hmm. is when you're going to start to see him shine. So it, it's nice to see that he is getting those, you know, getting looked at by the coaches right now. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I forget exactly what year, but he was a first-round pick just a few years ago. So definitely, it's good to see that he's getting these reps because he obviously has the talent, and 
if he can understand the knowledge of the playbook year two in the Patriots, it'll definitely help them out a lot. I already saw Brady go to him a few times already and just like nine on nines or, you know, passing practices or passing drills. Very nice. What else? So uh, what else do you see out there? Um, I noticed another big thing I wrote down was Rex Burkhead was practicing punts. I, I mean, this is the first training camp I've been to, but I find it interesting that he's out there with, uh, you know, Edelman and Patterson fielding punts so far. And he's doing a good job. He, I, he, a few, you know, a few drops, but again, someone that I wasn't pegging or thinking of potentially being a return man out there practicing. Yeah, I think they had him out at the, at the stadium practice on Monday night. I think that he was returning punts also. Oh, really? Then I mean, that'll it'll definitely be interesting to see. I hope they give him time in preseason then because I think it'll be good to have him, you know, I feel like taking less off of Edelman, not having to have him receive punts and stuff as much. Granted, he has the talent, but, you know, kind of yeah. preserve him more to the offense and have other roles available to be able to do the special teams work. Right. So I know practice just got started. Anything on – have you seen any – what's uh, the new offensive lineman Brian Swinky look like? Have um, you seen him he, out there? It, it's been – it's still early, so we haven't gone to full 11-on-11s 11 yet. But, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the linemen, it's been tough. Been wa honestly watching them from across the field. They've been over there. The, I would say I haven't noticed enough. I would say the biggest lineman that's stuck out to me so far has been Trent Brown. Granted, even though he is the tallest – player in the league and it's not hard to miss him um <laughs> but aside from his physical stature he's i feel like every time i'm watching him he's laying into people well i don't know if that's called laying in i think that's called pancake pancaking sorry <laughs> pancaking people i apologize but um you i can't I, stand I, there cage yeah, I cannot stand. I apologize. Yeah, sit your ass down, son. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, doing a standing ovation. If you didn't notice, Edelman just had Edelman actually just had a very nice grab in one on ones right now. That's what's currently going on. I, I'm sitting down currently though, so there will be no more told to stand up. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yep. Uh, keep us updated. Um, if you you know whatever you see, we'll, we'll be on for another. A little while more, probably another 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, if you want to jump back in when you, you know, feel yeah, free. I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll, uh, I'll keep taking notes. Hopefully when a uh, full 11 on 11 scrimmages go on, there will be more to report for this size, just the basic warm-up drills. But uh, I'll let you guys know, and I hopefully have more written about it later this afternoon as well. All right. Awesome, sounds man. good, sir. All right, guys. See ya. Thank Take you. care, man. Well, that was Cage. That's one of our writers for Boston Sports Extra. He's out at a training camp today. A little live input, something that you probably don't get from any other podcast. So moving on, guys. Um, Kyle, you've been pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, just, just taking it all in right now. But he had a couple good points about Cordell Patterson, especially – when you hear the Edelman suspension, you know, want to take him less off of him when he comes back after the four games. But just having the extra versatility, that way there's not a huge risk for injury. That way you're spreading. If, if they can perform spreading out the receptions with Cordell Patterson and everyone else involved, it's just going to make the offense more fluent. And it's just another weapon that defenses have to look out for.
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think I think he's going to be he's going to be very important, especially with the with, with uh, Edelman missing time. I think when Edelman comes back, he's going to be even more important um, for that reason. Um, so so I'm 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 still hoping for 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 uh, for him to do to do really good things. Honestly, I mean, people are com- are making comparisons already that you know Randy Moss 2.0 with him. You <laughs> know, I mean. Obviously, it's the media jumping all over it. I don't see that happening. Um, it is good that if it does go in our favor, obviously, if he's somebody like him and Dorsey can stretch the field, because you know if they if they have that threat of stretching the field, that Edelman or Barrios, whoever they put in a slot or underneath, is going to light defenses up. Yep. Because that's a Brady thing. Be able to, you know, eventually, you know, hit a couple downfield passes here and there or have that threat. He's going to light you up 10, 15, 20 yards underneath and let these let these guys do what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, uh, so far this Patriots preseason, what, what has stuck out to you? Uh, there's been videos going around lately, especially last night, of the new guard Isaiah Wynn taking a punt. And that was – it was pretty funny to watch, but it also kind of – I'm not sure if it's actual utilization here, which I don't think he is because Isaiah wins a big guy. But just showing not a lot of people, especially outside fan bases, think the Pats have any sort of like fun or it's just like do your job, straight to work, stuff like that. It just kind of shows like an insight of like different approaches the New England Patriots have to take every once in a while. Hey, somebody like that size, put them out there. All they got to do is, like, let it hit off their belly. All they got to do is <laughs> catch it right between their belly and, and their boobs, and they're good to go. <laughs> All you got to do is corral that ball. But, no, I mean, I, I get that. And, and it is very interesting, you know, especially with the Monday night with the, in, the ticket season holders in-house uh, practice that they do. You know, the players – walk around and and I'm sure it happens in other fan bases, but I don't follow other teams. So I really want to know the players walk around the entire stadium. They give autographs, you know, for, you know, a little kid to have the opportunity to get Tom Brady's autograph. I mean, there's a a long video on Patriots.com that following these guys around and just the excitement that these fans get to feel that these players are taking the time and yeah, they're not hitting every single person because they'd be out there for four hours. Yeah, of course. You know, they're skipping around Brady's grabbing a ball. He's signing a helmet. He's signing a Jersey. You know, it, it it's really cool to see. And, and, you know, I think that, like you said, as far as the, the Patriots persona of, you know, all they do is go to, you know, come in and work. It's, 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 grind, grind, grind the entire season. I think that in the last few years, Belichick has lightened up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And I think, so I think it's good for the morale of the team, no matter what you hear in this media, you know, more stuff is coming out about the last couple of days about the whole Belichick-Brady thing when, uh, I don't know if you guys heard it, about um, with the whole suspension of Brady, that he felt like he was completely railroaded. Um, by Belichick and Kraft. And, I mean, if you listen to um, 
Felger and Maz. They've had a whole bunch more to, you know, that has been uncovered about it. And, you know, I love my Patriots. I really, you know, this whole one person, two person thing, I really don't care. I want to see them win. I want to see them win as a team. You know, whether it's Brady, Garoppolo, it doesn't matter to me. Just put a team on the field and let's win. What are your guys' thoughts? Exactly. It kind of brings you back to that whole ESPN article that came out, I believe, last fall, where it had the whole Brady and Belichick relationships gone to shambles. Oh, yeah. All that sort of thing. How, but it, it leaves me to believe this question is how much, how reliable are the sources that big companies are getting and just the media in general? How much of that is hearsay and how much of that can you actually like believe as the truth? That's all hearsay. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It has to be, yeah. Because the, you don't just win five championships and go to eight Super Bowls on a rocky relationship. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be some sort of chemistry involved. And I feel like, yes, the, the Patriot way with Tom Brady and Belichick, Brady's 41 years old at the start of the season. He's, he's not going to play forever. Two days but, away. Yeah, exactly. But the, the only thing that gets me is, is who's the, the, people are ta- taking too much investment into who's going to be the predecessor, who's going to be the next guy up at the quarterback. And honestly, I don't think they need to worry about that at this precise moment. I feel like they just need to worry about now, get make the plays that they're going to make, get the guys developed who are going to be here for after the aftermath, and just go from there. Yeah, well, I I think I think they're not. I don't I don't think they're worrying about that at all. Uh, they uh, they traded away, you know, Garoppolo for that reason. Um, I, I mean, you know, they they're not they're not worried about. Uh, you know, Brady leaving anytime soon. Uh, he's he's a freak of nature. I mean, the the things that he's doing at his age in this sport is just it's 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 incredible. Honestly, it's really something to behold. Um, and I mean, you know, we're we are we are witnessing history every single time he takes the field. So I'm very proud to call him uh, call him a quarterback of the of the New England Patriots. You know, even though they 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 drafted Danny Etling. I don't even think he's a quarterback of the future. I mean, yeah, Brady can decide to hang it up. And my personal opinion, I think that if the Patriots were to win it this year, I think that Brady would hang it up. He takes the sixth ring, he, and I think he he sets out to do what he wanted to do last year as the revenge tour, more or less like a fu to the NFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you do you really do you really think you know the personality that Brady has, the personality that Belichick has, the personality that Kraft has? You really think it's ever good enough? You really think like he could win ten Super Bowls, and I think he would still want to keep playing. He's just like that kind of guy, is he not? I mean, it's the drive. It's his drive. It's his determination that you know. Here I was, this, and I could be speculating, but if it was me, you know, here I am, the sixth round pick, hundred ninety ninth pick. Nobody really thought that I'd amount to anything. Yeah. You know, I'm just this really skinny, you know, skinny ass guy coming out of college. They didn't really play all that much. They didn't prove to be like, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield or anything. And has been able to go from that round, that pick, to into what he is. Yeah. It's incredible. And I, and I mean, come on, 41 years old and, and a couple of days, 
everybody, you know, the media's jumping all over. He's got the dad bod. Hey, because, <laughs> should he have a dad bod because he has TB12, you know, the TB12 Institute or whatever? Yeah. You know, hey, I'm 44. I got a dad bod. <laughs> whatever. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> your body's not meant to last that long. But right now, all we have to worry about is his arm and his mind and how strong he is to play the game, you know, the the game in the NFL. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't have to look like Cam Newton with the light with the lineback figure. I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? He, he all he needs to do is just keep making throws and 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 that that uh that that QB intelligence that he has will basically do uh do all the talking and walking for him. So um you know it's it's a great thing to see and a great thing to witness. I mean I look at it like this. And, and, and the game slows down for you. After you're yeah, in the, yeah. if, after you're playing the game for such a long time you hear it from all these quarterbacks that have been in the game 10, 15, 20, you know, not many 20 years but that have been around a long time. The game slows down. Yep. He can tell what what the next play is that is coming. He's not seeing any formation, any you know uh, package that a team may have that he hasn't seen in the past. So, if your mind's that smart as a quarterback and you know what's coming, why not continue playing? What are they going to do to to throw you off? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I, I agree. And especially with, with uh, Belichick behind you, I mean, it's really it's it's almost always a recipe for for success. You know what I mean? So. Yep. So let's uh, with all that being said, let's move on quick. A couple little things. Everybody's making a big deal. Um, uh, the Patriots first round running uh, draft pick, Sony Michaels. Mm. Having a ha- hard time handling the ball. It's yeah. preseason. It's not even preseason. It's training camp. He's he was he had some issues in in college. Uh, Twelve fumbles on six hundred and fifty eight touches. So it's, it's one every fifty four point eight touches. Uh, not good. No, not good. Considering that James White, three hundred seventy seven touches every every fumble. Uh, Stephen Ridley, 107 touches. Lawrence Maloney, 101. Shane Vereen, 93. Uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. Can the can Belichick turn this around, or is this going to be a problem heading into the season? I feel I feel like it's something either mechanical that he's doing wrong, or it's just something that's just bound to happen. That's the risk, in my opinion, with. Uh, uh, unproven running back in the NFL. It's it's something that's going to be developed over time, in my opinion. But I feel like Belichick will influence it somehow, some way, with some Belichick magic and some Patriot way that he will be able to fix it and potentially be a good, if not better, replacement for Deion Lewis because that's exactly what he was drafted for, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, they they have a target to, you know, they 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 know what they need to work on with Michaels. I mean, you know, it, it's not like it's not like maybe he's not fumbling as much, but he's just not performing to the the expectations that he was drafted for. Um, so I think 
they they have something specific they need to look for and i think uh you know with this with this coaching group i think that they can that they can fix uh whatever is wrong with with michael's uh delivery um and then they can bring those those numbers up those those touches up without a without a fumble um you know i mean when you look at when you look at uh james white it's every 377 touches i mean you know they they've done it in the past with other guys um so i think uh, I think Sonny Michaels will 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 really uh, bring those numbers up, those touches up without a fumble. Um, when when the season uh, when it when it when it all counts, basically. Well, hopefully that that is the case. You know, I don't see them. I don't see them going out and getting using a first round draft pick on a player, especially a running back, which is something that they hardly ever do, or in the past that. If they think that it's really gonna, his fumbling is really gonna be an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't hurting for a running back, so I mean, yeah, we did lose some, but I mean, <clears throat> running backs are a dime a dozen anymore in the NFL. Yeah. So, moving on to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, Brian Flores taking over. Um, I, I want to get your guys' opinion because I don't think this really has much to do. It's a much to do about nothing. Dante Hightower, he's missed a lot of time over the last couple seasons. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, the Patriots are 15-2 and two in the last 17 games with, without him. When I saw that stat, when I was looking through stats and I seen that, that blew my mind. For all the naysayers out there, you know, the media, the fans that are, um, you know, we need Dante Hightower back on the field. This stat says a lot. And I think that, you know, obviously that stat says that it's not that big of a deal with them without him on the field. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I feel like it just shows the Patriots next guy up mentality. The, the Patriots are mainly known for offense, not 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 greatly in the defense. We're not really known as a great defensive team, not at least in the last 10, 15 years. But it just shows that guys who miss a lot of time, like Hightower, who were drafted, signed to be those big, marquee, scary defensive players, it makes us that much more scary on defense when he's actually playing. But when he's not playing – not to be underestimated by the different types of offenses that we might see. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think uh, he can bring a lot of, uh, a lot of insight to this defense um, again, like he has in the past. Um, you know, he's won two Super Bowls with them. Uh, he had a, he had a very good year in 2016. Um, so, you know, I think when you talk about a guy who could be a, a comeback player, it's definitely Dante, Dante Hightower. Uh, I mean, you know, he uh, he just got elected uh, captain for the season. Uh, I think he's he's very excited to, to, to take on that role. Um, and I think they expect a lot of good things out of him. Um, I mean, it's it's just uh, th- this this defense really could use a lot of help uh, in regards to last year. Um, so when Anthony, when you talk about that record, um, that the Patriots have when Hightower plays, um, it's very important. And uh, I think they're going to be looking uh, for him to do great things this year as well. 
Well, that record was 15 and two without him. Oh, it's without him. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. so, I mean, you know, then, then he has, he has something, he has something to look forward to then. I mean, you know, he has something to, he has a goal to achieve. Um, you know, and I still, I still think he can be, uh, that, that comeback player. Um, and you know, I mean, we'll see. I, I think, I think they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't doubt him and then name him captain. Um, so, you know, I, I still think he can, he brings a lot to the table here. Well, it's, it'll definitely be to see if he can recover from, you know, all these injuries or whatever. Um, I know I heard that he changed his diet and such that um, he's not carrying as much weight now. So well, it's definitely to see, you know, what preseason looks for like for him, if they even let him out there during the preseason and just save him for for the season. So, I mean, again, we talked about it on the last episode. The defense is, look, is looking much different than what we've seen in the past from Matt Patricia. So I think that we're going to see a more explosive defense than what we've seen in the past, not just sitting back. Yeah. I mean, you know, who who knows? I mean, maybe maybe this new defense. Uh, we we all heard that it's that it's easier to you know for for the players to work with. Maybe that works into Hightower's advantage. Maybe you know he learns the defense better and he can play it better, and then he contributes he contributes in 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 a better way. You know, so so that's that's what I'm baking on at least. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see. That's for sure. Yeah. So moving on. Um... Celtics, not very much out there. Uh, obviously, you know, we're waiting for a camp to get started with them. Um, there was only one little, little slight roster move with them. Uh, the Rodney Purvis, the guard that they traded for Abdul Nader, has already been released. So now the Celtics um, roster is set at, with 15. Um so that's, I mean, I'm excited for the Celtics. I can't wait uh, for, you know, for them to get started. Uh, we will be having some guests on in the, in the coming shows when the Celtics get going, along with the Bruins. Um, one thing that came, up, came out earlier this week with the Celtics is that uh, it was Kyle Irving was uh, – trying to get Gordon Hayward to join the Cavaliers before LeBron James came aboard. Really? That to me is pretty interesting that he's wanted to play with Gordon Hayward for this long. So obviously we didn't get much yeah. time with them last year um, playing together. So what are your thoughts on that going into this season? Kyle, I'll start with you. A lot of really good chemistry going for him. As as you mentioned earlier, they've, there's been reports of him, maybe Trevor Reza, and a couple other guys joining the Cavs all the way back then. But Hayward's looking pretty good. If you follow his blogs on his website and his training videos, that stuff that he's posted, the, the jump shot's looking good. He's looking back to where he was before the injury. Now, in five-on-five -five game modes that him and Kyrie will be doing within the next couple days, couple weeks, that's going to determine, and that's not only going to help build the chemistry between them, but it's going to help them make them better ball players. 
because Kyrie's really effective at trying to get on the dribble and shooting out the pass, but Gordon's really good at spreading the floor. And I feel like if they have a really good dynamic season, regardless of where they finish off, because the Warriors are very dangerous from signing DeMarcus Cousins, but if if they can just get that chemistry to where they need to be, that this team's dangerous in the East. That's it, going to be hot, tough to yeah. to beat the Celtics in the East. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I think I think the Celtics in the East are the team to beat. Um, and I mean, honestly, that doesn't have to do a whole lot with LeBron. You know, they were an amazing team last year. They ended up, you know, doing way better things than than anyone expected them to do. So I think they, again, they are that team to beat. I think they know who they are still. I think they're going to be humble under Brad Stevens. And I mean, I think that that new chemistry uh, with, with, with Kyrie Irving and, and Hayward and everybody else, I think it's, everything's going to fall into place. And I think they're going to be a tremendous team. Um, and also I, I am, I, I don't know about you guys, but I am excited to see that the, um, the the Kyrie to the Knicks rumors have subsided uh, quite quite substantially. Um, so you know, basically, there was a report out that said that that was uh, it's basically uh, all bull that um, Kyrie is going to be joining the Knicks at this time or you know after the season. So I think the one thing that concerns me about Gordon Hayward, and I hope that they continue. I mean, I see the you know, his blogs and everything and the videos that he puts out. I hope they continue to take it slow with him. Yeah. Because something with an ankle injury like his, you know, the way it it, it, it snapped, I put a picture out when it first happened. It was probably the most gruesome thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's, you know, inside a, a shoe and a sock. So you can imagine what it looked like, you know, when they got it off. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I hope they do take the time to really let him still – build it up no matter what he says, how it feels, uh, you know, so that we're not having a reoccurrence because yeah, we're talking about just getting out there and jump, you know, taking jump shots and everything. It's another thing when you're actually running up and down the court and you're, you know, getting your, your body twisted up with other people, you know, God forbid one wrong step, step on somebody, another player's shoe and twist it. And then we're back to square one with him again. Yeah. No, well, uh, I, I mean, honest, honestly, when you look at this team's depth, they really don't need to push his minutes, you know, right away. I mean, they can, they really can take it slow with, with him. And I mean, they're very fortunate, um, you know, to do that, to be able to do that. Um, so, so I think Brad Stevens is going to, is going to really, um, he's, he's, he's going to really distribute the minutes uh, quite properly. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe so too, but, you know, certain, you know, sometimes players can try to over, kind of try to overrule the coach, you know, especially he, yeah. it may be in, in his interest, you know, Hey, I want to get out there. I missed a year. You know, I know what I've been through, but I want to get out there and play, but you know, it's, it's, we'll wait and see. One thing that we forgot to touch on earlier last night against the Phillies, Xander Bogart's got hit in the right hand. Um, he's got a right hand contusion. It's the same hand, same area that he got hit last year. Uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's hope that, you know, it's not a problem that's going to be going, you know, a problem for the Red Sox in the, in the upcoming games. But <clears throat> with that being said, um, 
I think we covered everything that we're going to cover for episode five of the Boston Sports Extra podcast. Um, Kyle, where can uh, where can our our listeners find you on social media? Um, so so I am on Twitter at Porchy sixteen. You can follow me there. Instagram underscore Porchy sixteen underscore. Yeah, I'm on the Snapchat, Porchy11, Facebook. You can find me there. Appreciate all the support and definitely appreciate the boss and supporting staff of Boston Sports Extra for giving me a platform. Not a problem, sir. Justin, where can I find you, bud? Yeah, uh, you guys, I'm sorry, my connection cut out. Uh, you can find me at LJGON, E-L-J-G-O-N, on Twitter. Um, you don't want my Instagram. It's very boring. So, um, <laughs> you know. It's all right. Just find me on Twitter. We can talk any sports, anything you want. Hit me up. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Um, you know, for supporting us. Uh, we're doing our numbers are doing phenomenal. We appreciate all the support that you guys give us. We'll be back soon with episode six. It will be our Patriots 53 man roster breakdown. It will be a host of our writers all working together. Um, that are going to give you our predictions of what's to come for the Patriots, what we believe will happen. Um, But besides that, you can follow us uh, on social media with Twitter at Boss Sports Extra. Definitely um, check out the website, www.bossonsportsextra.com. We got a host of writers on there that do a phenomenal job of giving you an unbiased Boston sports um, objective with, you know, without all the nonsense that the main big media gives you. So with that being said, thank you all very much. Guys, we'll be talking soon. And uh, go Boston. Love you guys. Go Boston.